Thanks for tuning in to Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier. We're psychotherapists and the founders of Soul Shepherding, a ministry to pastors and all kinds of people. The Lord Jesus smiles to you. Come to me and I will give you rest for your soul. But maybe you're too busy or stressed. If so, not only are you missing God's peace, but also His power for loving and leading. So we're doing a series on rest. We're so glad you've joined our conversation with Christ, our Master, Soul Shepherd, and Friend. Heavenly Father, we just devote this podcast to you. We're so thankful for the opportunity to do Soul Talks and for each of our listeners tuning in to the sound of our voices now. Uh, we pray, O oh Lord, that you would use this conversation that Christy and I have to speak right to the hearts of each of our friends listening now. Lord, teach us, O oh God, and draw us into a space of greater intimacy with you and the identity formation the sense of confidence that comes from our relationship with you. Help us grow in a sense of healthy identity in Christ, because this is our power source, our platform for our ministry in our churches, our families, our places of work. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's how we begin every podcast, but usually we don't air it. That's right. So that would be fun to include our listeners in on our prayer time. Really good. Yeah. I, yeah you know, I'm kind of glad our listeners aren't here, though, because we're wearing our pajamas. Yep. We, we haven't washed our hair or put on makeup for me. Well, you don't wear makeup, but we're at rest here. We're practicing what we preach. We are. Yeah. E- easing into the day here Yeah, in our pajamas. It's fun to have our podcast studio in our home yeah. for that reason. So. But here, even what I'm saying shows how rest sometimes can seem to be at conflict with our identity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, I'm thinking about my identity as a woman and how I look and what people think of me. And, you know, I get caught up in that. Yeah. And that could be counter to rest, yeah. to where I'm not at rest because I'm preoccupied with that or I'm too invested in that and putting priority on that. Are there temptations and identity that keep you from rest? Well, yeah, around my work, it's the main challenge for me. And I had this stirred up just uh, last night as we watched that movie, August Rush. So in that movie, I identified with the main character, the 11-year-old boy who's a child prodigy musician, and his creativity and and brilliance and artistry as a musician, I felt like, oh, that's what I want to be as a spiritual writer. And then I came under attack, a lot like he is in that movie, uh, about his gift. And this has been a a journey for me, particularly in the last couple of years or so. And it's tempting for me to base my identity on my perceived failures and the, the, the challenges I've had, particularly with the journey of going back into being a published author with a, another book. And so the difficulty that we've had putting out this soul shepherding book has just brought up a lot of a sense of struggle and insecurity for me. And so does it tempt you to base your identity on the results of your work and your success as a writer? Yeah, that's what Satan spins to me is that uh, my success is what's the key to my identity. Mm. And then there's a tendency to diminish the successes that I have had in the ways that people do benefit from my writing. But that's the trap on the other side. If I'm flying high because people are appreciating my writing, 
that's not the where I want to be either because mm-hmm. I'm still basing my identity on my performance. Mm-hmm. And it really needs to be something that's relational. And it's based on, of course, my relationship with God through Jesus, forgiveness of my sins and being adopted and all the tremendous blessings that are talked about in the scripture, particularly Ephesians 1, uh, which is uh, Ephesians 1, 3 to 14 is one huge long sentence in the Greek and it's just full of all these promises around our identity in Christ. And But that also needs to be worked into my relationships with you and with friends and the mentor I meet with and people like that. And so that that's where identity needs to come from, not from our accomplishments. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I know that, but living all the way into that can be a struggle. And when you see somebody who is really thriving in their art or in their giftedness, then it tempts you to judge yourself, it sounds like. Yeah, because I want to be more effective that way. And I, I feel like I've been given a gift as a writer, and so I want to use that to serve the Lord. And I, and I know that I am, mm-hmm. but yet when there's challenges. So in my quiet time this morning, I was reading from Genesis and uh, meditating on the scriptures from Abraham's life and seeing just over the course of 25 years as he's waiting for God's promise to be fulfilled in his life. 25 years is a long time. Mm-hmm. And numerous times that God speaks to him about his calling to be the father of many nations, and that he's going to have a child, and it's going to be a miracle child. And Abraham and Sarah need to, to trust the Lord in that and, and wait on that. And at one point, you know, they try to devise their own plan for having a child, and Ishmael is born through Abraham and Sarah's servant, Hagar. So as I was meditating on these scriptures and just entering into that story, it was the, the Lord was speaking to me about my calling. Sounds like you were really relating to Abraham and feeling like, you're not getting the results that you want, your temptation to depend upon your efforts to make it happen, and that the Lord was really encouraging you through this Bible reading through Abraham's story, that your identity in him is what really matters and is more important. Yeah, what I sense the Lord saying to me was something like, Bill, remember, you want to be forming your identity on my words to you, my revelation to you, the work that I'm doing by my spirit in your life, and saying, it was the same with Abraham. Don't put Abraham in some other category mm-hmm. of extraordinary supernatural manifestation, yeah. tremendous hero, father of our faith that doesn't relate to you, Bill. This is your story too. I have called you to be a spiritual writer and I've revealed that to you many times in various ways and people have affirmed that. So in this season where it's dark and difficult, hold on to my word and trust me. Yeah. So you're relating to Abraham's story because you're in a season where it feels like God's promise for you isn't being fulfilled and you're waiting on him and it's tempting for you to doubt your identity and to feel like you're failing and to judge yourself. And you have, you hear accusations from Satan accusing you, trying to discourage you. Yeah. Particularly as it relates to the next book, Mm -hmm. because I, I clearly see and appreciate and every week I, I write a new soul shepherding devotional and send it out on email. And I know people appreciate that. And I, I see the fruit in my own soul from my reflections and meditations. And the but you still that, have this longing for more. You, you think there's more in you and there's more that God has given you to give. And you have that longing that hasn't fully been satisfied. Yeah, because of the core, I, I want to do for other people what Thomas A. Kempis and A.W. Tozer and others did for me as a young Christian early in my discipleship and, and continues to this day. I, I read writers, the old writers, and, and Henry Nouwen and Brennan Manning and, and others, of course, always second to the scriptures. But reading and reflecting on what I'm reading and meditating and praying are, are huge in my, the formation of my identity and how I connect with the Lord and how I 
learn and what guides and, and fuels me. And so I've had this thing in me since I was a teenager, in my late teens, that I had this gift to write that I discovered, and I, just, I wanted to do this for others as the Lord had, had used my mentors in my life. So yeah, when I hit a, a struggle, a, a snag, a, a roadblock, like we've been at the, for you know, a couple of years now with the, the next book project, it's discouraging at times. Uh, other times it feels demoralizing. I'm not sure what to do. And, and so it's uh, potentially damaging to my identity. And I, I can get off track. I can fall back into the old ways of self-reliance and compulsive working and trying to make things happen and need to, to get back on center with uh, submission to the Lord and waiting on the Lord and finding my joy in Him, even in the process when the circumstances aren't going well. That Well, okay, Lord, what are you teaching me in this? And lean into uh, being vulnerable and authentic about what I'm experiencing and not just stay in my head all cheery about, oh, every, everything's great, you know, and say all the right things. I, I know how to do that, but that's, that wouldn't be sincere. The reality is, well, th- this is a trial. This is difficult for me. And so I process with you and with safe people. And so, yeah, you're inviting me to share with more people here on Soul Talks. And, and you know, I'm happy to do that because uh, I want for our listeners to not idealize me. And I want for our listeners to know that, you know, we all have struggles. And when we can lean into being vulnerable with that, it really touches the people around us because they can see God at work in our life through that. Yeah, well, I think it is helpful, honey, because some people might look at you and just think, well, your identity is so secure and who you are as a soul shepherd and you know, as a psychologist and as a pastor and you know, in, in your ministry. And yet you get attacks and temptations too. We all do. And that's important. And, and there is a a rhythm of life that you are living that helps you to have this identity that comes seated and secure in Christ. And, and part of that training is a training in, in rest rather than depending upon yourself to create your own identity. Yeah, it's so important for people like me who are, are more type A oriented, achievement oriented, independent thinkers. Performance oriented, yeah. Yeah, it's so important that we keep recalibrating our identity around relationships with our God of love and the Christ ambassadors in our life, people in our small group and our friends, our mentors, those sort of relationships. So so you have this rhythm of life with your all your S's. Mm-hmm. Would you share that Yeah, it's the four, the four S's, and it, it was birthed out of the sabbatical that we took. It was one of the lessons that the Lord gave me in that time. And so that's the fifth S, which is the first one of the five, I mean, is sabbatical. Then it goes to Sabbath, Scripture, Statio, and Selah. And so there's a very intentional sequencing there that the Lord has led me to. Yeah, I want you to walk us through that, but I do want to just point out here that you were illustrating this morning and reading the story of Abraham. That was an engagement with Scripture. Mm Mm-hmm that helped you to put to rest some of your struggles and frustrations and temptations and your identity as a writer, as you identified with him. And as you told me, you realized God reassured and reminded Abraham of his promise that he was going to make him a father of many nations five times yeah. in that period. Yeah. And you took heart from that as, you know, Abraham waited a long time for the fulfillment of his promise from God. And I can wait at rest in God fulfilling his promise to me as a writer. Yeah, and waiting is good. It doesn't feel good, but it is a great opportunity for the Lord to do a, a deep forming work in us and so that we learn to find rest and peace and joy and, and confidence, 
not in what we're doing, not in how people, especially the people that are not in our inner circle, but not how people think and feel about us, but Mm -hmm. what the Lord has to say. And one of the ways the Lord communicates to us, in addition to the scriptures, is through the core people that are in our inner circle that really know us. And we don't put enough emphasis on that in our teaching, in our our churches, and our Christian books, that it's not realistic for most of us to live with a stable, secure identity in Christ simply based on doing our best to live a Christian life and reading the scripture a lot. Yeah, well, honey, I think you really have a sixth S in your rhythm of life there, and that is spiritual conversation and soul friendship. Yeah, I've, that's true. And I've, sometimes I've actually thought of it that way. This brings up a point that the best disciplines aren't disciplines at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because really a, a discipline is a medicine. It's something you do because you're, you're sick. Your soul is sick and you, you need to do this or your body is sick and you need a medicine. But once something gets so worked into our life that we don't need to discipline ourselves to do it, it's no longer a discipline. It's just part of our life. And so Soul friendship has become like that for me. So as you were processing last night your feelings after watching the movie August Rush with me, and as you were sharing about this area of identity and how it triggered some old judgments of yourself and accusations against yourself from high school, were you able to identify, oh, these are accusations of the enemy. This isn't from God. This isn't really my identity in Christ. Was that helping you with that? Well, by verbalizing to you what I was feeling, it helped make that more prominent to me. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the power of vulnerability and mm-hmm. being authentic and just self-disclosing, leaning into the reality of something that we're feeling and struggling with. Is that when we hear ourselves say things, yes. particularly if it's to somebody that's listening intently and with empathy, we get spontaneous insights. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a primary way that God cares for us and speaks to us. So we've been talking in this series about sabbatical and about Sabbath, two of those S's, and we talk a lot about Scripture, but these other S's, uh, statio, people might not know what that is. What is that, and how do you live that in your rhythm of life, and how does that help you? How does that relate to rest and a healthy identity? I don't live that very well, actually. (laughs) That's the most challenging of the disciplines for me and the the one that's most like a medicine for me. But I am learning. And over the course of years of doing this, it's definitely the Lord has uh, been reshaping me. Stasio is something I learned from the Benedictine monks. I've read a number of books by Benedictine monks and been in uh, some Benedictine monasteries and just tried to glean from their way of life and apply it to my life uh, in, in the world today as an as a ordinary Christian and also into ministry. And statio simply means arriving early to an event uh, in order to pray. Love that. Or for a meeting. And the idea of it is to begin a conversation with somebody, an activity, a group that you're participating in. It could be a dinner with your family. It could be coffee or tea with a friend. It could be a church service, a uh, staff meeting. But to arrive early. Uh, so that you have some margin in your life and so that you can enter into this space now prayerfully. It seems like it does affect your identity too, because it seems like when you do that, it helps you to be dependent upon God in what you're doing with him next instead of just depending upon yourself. Well, yeah, that's why we pray before every podcast. We've never done a podcast. I think we've done over 100 now. We've never done one without holding each other's hands and praying and submitting the, the conversation and the equipment to the Lord, praying for our listeners. I think it relates to, I remember reading in Eugene Peterson's book about when he would pray on the way to an appointment and he would, 
or pastoral care meeting or something, and he would thank God that God was already there and at work, and he was stepping into Mm -hmm. the work that God was already doing. And that's another example of this, and resting in the security of that. Yeah. Statio is something I write on in Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke. We've got a whole chapter on that. And then the last S is Selah, and that comes out of the Psalms. Uh, It's a word that's in there 71 times, and we're producing a new series of podcasts that we've just started. Hopefully, uh, you've already listened to one or two of those, but I don't know how often we'll do these. We don't want to commit to every week, but we're doing, in addition to the conversation, that wouldn't be restful. <laughs> That's right. And Christy, you're helping me with my boundaries <laughs> continually because I'm not always realistic about that. Uh, so uh, Soul Talks is, is now officially two types of things. We've got these conversations that you and I do, and then We're also doing some uh, experiences, uh, shorter, uh, five or six-minute podcasts. They're just inviting the listeners right into an experience of prayer. We're calling that Selah. But Selah is a momentary pause. And the psalmist, that the prayer masters that edited the psalms, added these words Selah in strategic places in some of the psalms to help us uh, pause and reflect and pray. And so, yeah, that's my four S's rhythm of life coming out of the sabbatical and in, implicit throughout, as you brought up, Christy, is spiritual conversation or soul friendship. So that would be six S's, but just trying to keep it simple. There's four basic S's that I focus on every week, Sabbath day weekly, very important, a day of rest. And I try to keep my sabbaticals alive with that. Scripture daily, which doesn't always look like sitting down at a desk with the Bible open. I do a lot of that, uh, especially this year as I'm reading through the Bible again, which I've done uh, about 10 times in the course of my life and going through. God's Word every day. But it's not a legalism. Sometimes I might not open up that Bible and have that time through my Bible reading plan, but I never miss a day in Scripture because I've got tons of Scriptures memorized. And so I sing them, I pray them as breath prayers, I various meditations, they come up in conversation. So that's a really important to me to be in God's Word all the time. It's my source of uh, wisdom and guidance and a key way to abide in the Lord, to be in God's Word. And then Statio, as we've just been talking about, and that's event by event. And then Selah is moment by moment. So you see how the, the rhythm of life is going from a sabbatical that hopefully we do every seven years. And so we, do, we want to do another one in a few years. I think we're doing like four years for another sabbatical. Sabbath is weekly. Well, and then a- annually we do retreats. So that would be another S, would be spiritual mm-hmm. retreat as in there. And then your weekly Sabbath, then the daily scripture time, then the event by event statio, and then the moment by moment selah. And the, the point is that they all work together. And any of us that have read uh, Brother Lawrence's book or Frank LeBach would be like, oh, I want to be like that. I want to pray without ceasing. I want to live this intimacy with Jesus. I want to be in God's presence all the time. Ray Ortland lived that way. And I, and I was like, oh, I want to be more like Ray. But you can't do that straight on. And so my whole rhythm of life that's breaking things down in sequences of time, starting with the, the big investment in sabbatical is meant to help me do that. And my testimony is that my sabbatical and other spiritual retreats have really helped me go deeper into the Sabbath rhythm and then keeping that going weekly, no work on that, that Sabbath day and resting in the Lord. That helps me for the whole week now to care each day, be in God's word, abide in the Lord. And then, then that helps me event by event to slow it down, arrive early, be prayerful, uh, and then the, the last one, Selah, moment by moment. And so all this is spiritually forming of my identity in Christ. Lord Jesus, I pray 
for our listeners, for myself, that you would shine your light into our souls and expose the areas where we have formed our identity in a distorted way, mm-hmm. where we have been deceived, that you would help us, Lord, to see ourselves as you see us mm-hmm. and lead us, Lord, in rhythms of your grace and rest to restore us in our soul's identity in you. In Jesus' name, amen. When Christy and I were given a sabbatical a couple of years ago, we had resistance we had to overcome. We've seen this also in pastors and ministry leaders who have sought our help for sabbatical planning and counseling. Out of our experience, we created a sabbatical guide for pastors, We thank God that in just over one year, it has been used by over 10,000 people. We're really excited about this resource. We've updated it and turned it into a booklet that you can give to a pastor who needs a season of rest and renewal. You can order this sabbatical guide on soulshepherding.org. 